Breonna Taylor was fatally shot in the comfort of her home on March 13th, 2020. The murderers, Brett Hankinson, John Mattingly, and Miles Cosgrove remain at liberty and employed. As long as they are free, none of us are truly free. Arrest the murderers of Breonna Taylor. My people, my humble, humble listeners, welcome back to Nothing With Everything, episode two. I'm your host, Avery Merriweather. Consistency. How can we stay consistent in our everyday life? How can, how can you, talking to you, yes, how can you stay consistent in your everyday life? Is it a goal you have at the end of the week? Is it the reason that you do it is more important than why you don't want to do it? Is someone depending on you to continue to stay consistent in whatever tasks we find harder than most? Think about that. Topic two, how can I help? How can I help? Those exact, sorry, I have to count the words out. (laughs) Those four words, I've been hearing a lot the past, I'd say probably the last five months from mostly, uh, most of my white friends that I have, um, great friends, by the way, I love them, Uh, but I've been hearing it. And it's basically just addressing, you know, all of the racial injustice that's going on Uh, I've been getting questions about what can I do to help black people around me? Am I doing enough or am I doing too much? And I want to address basically how I feel about when I'm asked that, what goes through my mind as an African-American male, of course, and what I want people that ask that to know. Lastly, let's be honest. I want a dog. It's time to get a dog. This year has broken <laughs> every it's to be to to keep it simple this year has been a very negative very drenching hard year for all of us and the one thing that I've noticed is that's consistent <laughs> how ironic uh is how how happy dogs make people and how fun they are how interactive they are. Like I was, I, I had, I, I had fish. <laughs> I grew up having one to two fish in a bowl, probably since age seven. And I love fish. They taste good. Not the pets, but you know, actual fish. I love, I love the aquatic life. <laughs> I love everything about fish, but I feel like it's time to get a pet I can actually interact with. Like, if you're going to be expensive as a pet, we gotta, I, <laughs> I'm gonna have to at least interact with you pretty often. I don't wanna just throw some food in your tank and you eat it and that's it. I feel like that's like, I'm just, I'm just like your mate or something. So <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Clean your stuff up and all that. If I wanna do that, we gotta, you gotta make me happy. You gotta get me in shape. We gotta go for runs, walks. So I want a dog. So those are the three topics today. Kick your feet back, relax, 
if you're on break at work, got plenty of time, hopefully. <laughs> if you're at the gym, wherever you are, let's get into it. Let's start this up. Consistency. Have you remained consistent in your last five days? And of course, in a positive manner, have you stayed consistent in one thing over the five days that is beneficial for you or those around you? I can be honest and tell you, I have not been consistent <laughs> in anything positive in the last week. <laughs> it's been a roller coaster for all of us this year, but with that being evident, there are times when no matter what's going on, you're going to have to be consistent. And I feel people sometimes mix, mix consistency with working harder. And that's definitely, they go hand in hand, but they're not the same thing. You can't go to the weight room every day, starting off like never going there before and then going to lift weights and you're lifting as much as you can lift every day. That's what I call working harder and of course not smarter. To me, consistency basically looks like, hey, I wanna work out, I wanna lift weights, but I wanna do it right because you can't stay consistent and going to the gym every day and maxing out your, your strength, maxing out your arms, your legs, your abdomen, everything every day, that's not gonna last. You're gonna probably go for two days and you're gonna be like, wow, Epsom salt cannot help this. Like my back, my legs, my thighs, my glutes, everything is blistering in pain. <laughs> Consistency looks like preparing before you go, learning the knowledge about whatever you're trying to attack. And in this case being lifting weights, taking in the right foods before you go. There are plenty of steps before the main or the meat of whatever you're trying to be consistent in. You can never ever hop into something and give it your 110% every day and expect basically of this, this great result a lot of the time. And of course there, there are a few times where if you give your all and you power through things, there are things that do reward you. But in this case, lifting weights, that's not gonna work, buddy. So for me, um, going in and you can use this example towards any um, any process you're going through in your life not just lifting weights of course but for me going in I had never lifted a weight before I had never thought about lifting weights I have long and skinny arms so I'm weaker and I have to move the weights farther from my body than most because my arms are so long <laughs> so I'm, my each rep would be much harder to do than the average person but I was tired of being some little, you know, frail dude. I wanted to bulk up a little bit, you know, get an image for myself, a physique, if you will. <laughs> so before I even lifted up a, any kind of weight, I went online for hours. I'm studying. My favorite people uh, I like to look at, if, I, if you will, uh, when it comes to a standard or a goal that I wanted to look like. So... I won't disclose who I look at. It's kind of, you know, I want to keep that personal. I don't want people making fun of me. <laughs> but 
basically I, I viewed their diets and of course I can't get everything they get because they're usually celebrities, they're usually really famous, they get these nutritionists and these chefs and these, these cooks and all that that make food for them. And I had basically myself and some family members that can make food for me. So basically I focused on my diet. I worked on what's gonna give my body the energy first and foremost and the strength, the, in, the internal strength to get up to go and do what I have to do. So I'm making smoothies at the beginning of each day. I go lift, I'm making, I'm adding orange juice, spinach, carrots, blueberries, um, strawberries, some lemon juice. And, and don't be hating, don't, don't, don't say that's nasty until you try it. If you try it and it's nasty, okay, I mean, sure. But don't say that's nasty unless you try it because it's really good. Because the carrots are kind of like, like the salt. Like they're like seasoning. Carrots, you can't taste them in the smoothie but it brings everything together, kind of like how salt does. It gives, it gives you that like really nice flowing taste. Man, okay, I gotta stop. Okay, sorry, getting off task. <laughs> but that smoothie basically is the, hey, get up, let's go. So for someone else who's going to work every day or someone else that's, you know, handling whatever that's to handle that's not athletic, it could be coffee, it could be water, it could be someone saying, hey, get up. Your smoothie figuratively could be anything that drives you to get up and get going. So for that smoothie, that's basically letting me know, hey, my body's waking up, I'm adding that energy that I need to just get to the gym, to push through what I have to push through. And it helps my brain, helps everything, my eyesight. It's just, it's a great additional um, piece to my life that I work on. So every day I drink a smoothie to start off. And that's what I call preparation. You have to make sure you're ready to go into these wild, wild new paths um, to the brain that the brain won't recognize. It won't recognize how lifting weights can affect you because of course you haven't done it before or in your case, in my case, I haven't done it before at least. Next, it's all about that focus. It's, I breathe, I take about probably five minutes before I attack my day to breathe, get my brain some oxygen, Sometimes we just get up and go and our brains don't really have the chance or our bodies to wake up to see what, hey, what's going on? Why are you going from sleeping for seven hours to, you know, sweating and doing all this extra work that we could probably have prepared ourselves for a little better. So I'm breathing. I take time to close my eyes and just take every problem out of what's going on. If it's not, if it's not affecting me at the moment, it's, I'm pushing it out of my head. I don't care if it's something that's horrible, terrible, because you are the most important person always in your life. Of course, people that are ahead of you um, in your mind, you have people that are, that are always gonna come first in your mind, but you cannot be happy unless you are happy. So I'm breathing, I'm taking the time to really get focused, pushing everything out of my mind. And then it's basically go time. Uh, I stretch, that's another preparation thing. I should, you should always stretch if you do anything physical. I know some people I won't mention that definitely don't stretch before. They do workouts and they know who they are <laughs> and they're gonna be old and they're gonna have a lot of pain when they get older, but hey, that's nothing to talk about right now. <laughs> I'm stretching and then I'm getting to it. And yeah, weights definitely are a great form of gaining muscle to get those cuts that you want to look like your favorite celebrity, your favorite model, whoever you want to look like, or just for yourself, of course, first and foremost, but working harder and not smarter 
it's not the right way to go. So like earlier when I addressed, getting up and lifting all these weights and, and just powering through it is awesome. But there's gonna be times where starting off slow is better. So my first couple of days going back to the weight room, I probably lifted 85% of my max. So I was lifting around, I won't say the numbers, but a, de a decent, a decent size of, you know, weights that were free weights, a couple of um, kettlebells, some bench pressing. I was giving a good effort, but I had a lot to hold back because I realized that I have to get my body ready to push itself. And you can't just hop in the, hop on the horse and expect it to just go zero to 100. You have to train it, you gotta get it ready. So that's what I was doing. Before I even tried to become consistent in one thing, I had to lay some groundwork. So probably about a 25 to 30 minute lifting session, which is pretty short um, compared to people who lift every day or have a consistent work ethic that lift for probably, I'd say close to 40 minutes. So, but remember, this is the first day. So when I'm lifting all these weights, uh, these rigorous amounts on different sizes and weights, I'm keeping in mind that there's gonna be time that I need to put into this before I just jump right into becoming someone that is quote unquote, a lot stronger and looks better. So that's gonna be probably the most important part of being consistent is coming in and preparing yourself. Afterwards, you're gonna be tired, you're gonna be a little achy, you're gonna look for those results, you're gonna, you're gonna go right to the result. Because our minds are basically wired to look for the results of what's going on. We don't really tend to do things from day to day life that require us to not have a result. <laughs> Everything we do is for a consequence, whether it's good or bad. So I realized, hey, I go in the bathroom, my shirt comes off, you know, I'm trying to see how I look and everything. And I'm like, you know, this isn't really it. I don't have anything better looking than I did an hour ago. And of course you won't because it takes time. To remain consistent, it takes time. And that's gonna be the hardest part because when you don't get those first initial results you want, you're freaking out. You're like, this is stupid. I don't have, I don't have what it takes to keep doing this every day. And that's where the next uh, big tool is gonna come into. And that's gonna be the passion. Before you even attack something, make sure you're passionate about it. Because if you're not, you're gonna waste money. You're gonna waste time. You're gonna waste the most important things that we have for ourselves, which is gonna be that passion in what we do. So make sure you want to do it. Try it, see if you like it. And if you lose that passion fast, it's either not for you or it's really for you. <laughs> and when I mean that, I mean, there's going people in the past that have become great scientists, great artists, great dancers, great choreographers, great basketball players, football. Whatever the case may be in their profession, I can guarantee you there were 10, 15 times a day sometimes where they're like, I don't want to do this, this is stupid. But they always get back up because that passion's there. It's always going to be another day you survive 100% of your bad days. Each day might not be that great, wonderful, yeah, this is gonna, this is gonna work for me. Might not, you might literally have people tell you, you suck at this. <laughs> but that's just gonna be something you hear because if you're passionate about it, you won't care. You simply will not care. The same way you go get your favorite foods from a Boro Loco or, or, or McDonald's or Steak and Shake, Wendy's, Five Guys. The same way you get up and go there with no hesitation is the same way you should expect to work hard on what you want to do or achieve in. 
And then after the fact of lifting these figurative weights that I've been doing um, in, this, in this example, there's gotta be time to rest. There's gotta be time to sit back and basically analyze what have I done today? Can I maintain this? Did I like it? Did I not like it? There are so many questions you should think about and write them down. Hey, I feel like today was strong, but tomorrow could be stronger because you'll come back and you'll realize that. Don't give up on the small things that bother you when the big picture's not too far away, or if it is far away, it's attainable because you're starting your situations now. And then lastly, I feel taking the small wins daily is very key. There'll be times where you cannot find a positive in what you're doing other than your goal. If you wanna have this great body or this great house, great car, there's gonna be times where you're like, I didn't gain any money today. I didn't gain any, any muscle. I didn't get better at my craft. But that's not always the point. Training your mind to think, hey, you got up today and you did anything towards what you're trying to get better at, you're a champion. You are a champion because you won and champions win. Take the small battles and take the small victories. Don't always try to leap for the, for the stars when there are plenty of things between you and those stars. It's always a good standard to reach for, but maintaining that, like I said, it's not the smartest thing. It's not the most efficient and it's definitely going to be very taxing on you, your mind, your body. And then you might say, okay, well, thanks for explaining that good day for me, but how will this basically move into my next days? And I'll say one thing that I feel I've done to help me go day to day is setting alarms on my phone or whatever you set alarms on. And I'll just put little quotes. I'll go online or wherever I hear a good quote, I'll just basically write it down on my, in my alarm app, and then I'll set it for a time where I, where I know I'll be like, I won't wanna do this. So for example, I used it earlier. You survive 100% of your bad days. I have that basically um, on the timer to be set around 10 or 11 p.m. at night because there's gonna be an hour at night where I'm always like, well, I could just chill tomorrow. But when I have that alarm go off and I'm like, okay, there's plenty of things I could be doing that I've already accomplished in the past, but they're just gonna be different. They're gonna be harder. And I survived all those hard things in the past. So, remember, it's gonna be hard to stay consistent in what you have to do. But remember, prepare, work smarter, not harder, and reflect. Prepare, smarter, not harder, reflect. Topic two. Quotation mark, how can I help? Quotation mark. Whew, there's been so much going on in the media that we see, and there's so much more under the surface that we haven't seen and we don't recognize goes on, but we've all been aware of what's happened in the past with um, our African-Americans being unlawfully, just horribly taken away from their families, whether that's 
being shot in their home when they're asleep, whether that's leaving the corner store. It's almost basically every situation that we could think of, someone African-American has been taken away from this earth, doing basically daily acts that other people can do that might not receive the same reactions from authorities. I've had probably three or four in the last two months uh, friends that of different backgrounds that come to me and they're like, hey man, I, I understand this is a hard time and with the pandemic going on and also this, I, I know you're probably wondering how can this get any worse? But before it gets any, any worse, I wanna ask you and, and let you inform me on how can I get better at this? How can I move around African-Americans to where I'm helping and not hurting? And I've, I've told probably three out of my six or seven friends that have asked since this year's began the same thing. And I, I truly believe this. I always say, if you have to ask yourself, what am I doing? Or can I help? How can I help? Or any of those questions, you should feel, you, you shouldn't feel as if it's, you're, you're guilty. I have um, a particular friend that I met my freshman year and <laughs> it's funny because we had a black professor and I sat behind him. He was a, he's a white guy. And I sat behind him the first day and the professor we had uh, in my freshman year of college was, he was, he was hilarious. And he was cracking all these jokes and he was making everything just really easy to, you know, first day of school, you're very nervous. Everything was just smooth flowing. And my future friend at the time, who wasn't my friend, um, he's just sitting there, everyone's laughing. And I'm looking at the back of his head and he, and he's, and these jokes were like hilarious that the teacher was saying, and this guy was not laughing. So my initial thought is like, man, this guy's racist. Like, why isn't he laughing at this, at this professor's joke? Cause he's black. <laughs> that was my first thought. And, and the jokes were getting funnier as the class went on. And I'm, every time a joke was made, I looked at the back of his head and at the back of my, the guy in front of me's head. And I forgot the joke, but it was like the last joke of the day. And once that joke was said, the guy in front of me started busting out laughing. <laughs> he finally gave in and began laughing. And I was like, okay, maybe he's not racist. <laughs> That, and that was completely wrong to, to think at all, but that's what I'm going, it's going to my mind. Cause I'm like, I don't know anything about this school. So this guy is laughing his head off, he's turning red and he's just, he's dying. <laughs> and I can tell like, yeah, he's probably laughing at all those jokes at once, but he just held it all in. And later on, I, I, I talked to him um, in the lunchroom and I was like, hey, what's up, man? Where are you from? And he's like, oh, I'm from, I'm from uh, somewhere in the middle of Illinois. I won't say the place, but he's, he's like, I'm from there. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, I, I just came out. I was like, you ever had any black friends? <laughs> I just came out and asked him that. And he's like, honestly, I've never emotionally felt like, he, he, said, he said, I never felt an emotion um, transpire between me and a black man. And I was like, what, what do you mean? And he's like, well, basically I, I've never encountered a black man or person that I haven't just said hello or goodbye to. It never was like, oh, he made me laugh. She made me laugh or et cetera. And I was like, wow. And you're, 
on the upper end of 18, 19 years old. <laughs> so you've been on the earth about a decade and you've never had someone African-American cause you to laugh, cry, anything. There's no emotions that have been caused. So I was like, well, I saw you in class today and you were laughing. And it was just funny because I, I thought you definitely weren't laughing because, you know, I just told him like teacher was black. And he's like, no, I just, I didn't know how to react. I didn't know if I laughed, if I'd be racist or if, if I didn't laugh, I'd be racist. And I was just like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? It was just a joke. So for that reason, being, that story being said is because I was just so shocked to, to know that somebody who was, I knew was so smart because I could see that, you know, he was a really smart guy that he had never encountered an African-American to where they've bonded, whether that's been emotionally, physically, anything. He's just said hello and goodbye. So I'm like, this is my perfect opportunity to express to him that we can be friends and I kind of want to show you the ropes or kind of bring you in and make you feel like you are one with African-Americans. So to speed the story up, four years passed and he asked me this question, hey, how can I help? What's going on? Like, and we all, I feel like have those friends that we thought were kind of racist, but then we get really cool with them. And I had a great four years with them. We had a lot of time to hung out and everything. And I told him, I said, hey man, with everything going on right now, we don't need people giving us handouts. We don't need people coming up to us saying, happy Juneteenth, or trying to give us these fake, enthusiastic situations where they're like making us feel uncomfortable. I said, if you want to help us and those around you, just be what you've been for the last four years. He's constantly, not stood up, but he's constantly been very, very vocal about when he feels that I've been racially profiled or racially affected by someone of outside race to my own. He's been, he's always checked up on me. He's offered me plenty of opportunities to work with him in certain jobs. He's been the ultimate friend. And I have multiple friends like this that just they just buy into you as a person and your race does not matter. And I remember he invited me to a birthday party uh, for somebody and it was, of course, it was, a, it was a white girl and a white woman and everything was cool, but everyone was kind of given the, oh, did you really bring them vibe? You know, <laughs> they're all staring at, at him as if it's like, why did you do that? And before we could even start, he goes, all right, before we uh, get things going uh, here, like he, he tells his friend this, he's like, this is my, my friend and if he leaves, I leave. So, you know, I know that we, you know, what's what happened in the past in our, their group has been a little, you know, they've had some times where they've treated African-Americans not the best. And I didn't know that at the time, but he said, if he leaves, I leave and I won't be back. And I was like, wow, no, you didn't just cure racism. No, you didn't just solve this infectious, horrible, disease that we know called racism. But those little things are what wins my heart over. What shows putting your money where your mouth is, is more important than putting your mouth where that money is. And when I say that, I mean, he didn't chase, you know, what was the best for him. He didn't go out there and say, hey, just my friend, don't get used to him. He, he went out and he, he let everybody know, like, yeah, this is my guy. He leaves, I leave. And he had pretty high status with the friends he had. So I felt as if, no, it wasn't the best way to go about it. Cause there's no true way to go about it. But I felt that he had enough in him to where all I had to tell him when he asked me was, I said, hey, just be yourself. 
be here for us, but don't try to force that that extra gear where it's like, oh my God, every black person I see, I should apologize to because we don't need you to apologize to us. We just need you to protect us in the most subtle ways. And that was a perfect example. So if you're someone that is curious as to either tell someone how they feel, I mean, how you feel about being a black person and when they ask you that, or even if you're a Caucasian or you're whoever outside race and you wanna ask that, we all think the same thing. Can I be someone that's myself, that stands for justice, that stands for others who need help when they can't always receive that help when they want it? Be yourself. I love everybody that I encounter with that kind of, you know, gives me those questions. And they suck sometimes because you're not always in the mood for them, but I love it because it gives me a chance to educate and show them that there's more to it than just not being racist and being racist. Take the time to really learn. How am I going about my daily life with those around me who are struggling? Feel free to ask questions, but make sure those questions are, sensitive, are, are, are sensible, sensitive, and you're, you're giving time to think and listen to that person. Lastly, I want a dog. I'll be honest, I remember in middle school, I used to walk to school probably six out of the seven days of the week. And I do, I say six or seven because uh, there were times, there were a lot of times I had to go on the weekends for basketball, for service Saturdays we used to do, go out and do some service. And this is where my like fear of dogs began because every day I walked to work, I apologize to walk to school. <laughs> there was at least two dogs that were just either chasing me, would just just bark my ear off as I'm walking outside them on the gate. I hate loud sounds like that where they're just right in your ear and they're barking and you're trying to walk to school and it's like 7 a.m. You don't want to hear it barking. And I've been attacked by a couple of dogs. Nothing crazy, but they definitely weren't trying to be friendly <laughs> in the alleyway taking the trash out. So I never liked dogs. Dogs and I never really meshed. But with everything going on, negativity, tempting food choices, sitting at home a lot of the time, watching all your favorite shows, that's cool. But I feel like if I get a dog, man, I'd just play fetch with him. <laughs> I'd feed him. I'd eat when he eats, just so we can just bond, you know? Like, I don't really have any real interactions with too many dogs, but I think dogs are pretty cool. And I see all my friends have them, family, coworkers, everyone has pets. And I've only had a fish. <laughs> I've had like, thousands of fish and they all were just as boring as the one before them. <laughs> so I want to get a dog. I want to go to the park and throw the tennis ball over and over again. And I want to go swimming with them and watch stuff with them. I, w I want to, I want a friend, you know? So, but I, I, I want a bigger dog. I don't want a dog that's going to be small. Nothing against those dogs, but I'd rather have a pretty proud, larger dog that's going to, you know, 
be kind of like me. On the taller side, athletic, personality is great, but protective of those he loves too. I want a dog that's gonna, that's gonna lay right in front of the door or lay somewhere, you know, around the front. This might come in, let him know, all that. That's what I want. I don't want a dog that's gonna be all friendly and let people in. I want a dog that's gonna be there for me, that's down for the team, you know? <laughs> so give me all of your suggestions for that. I want, I kind of like dogs with spots, but I mean, anything right now is basically free game. I just want a larger dog that can grow into a larger dog. I haven't trained one before, so that's probably gonna suck, but I mean, what doesn't suck right now? <laughs> so I'll take that dog and just make it mine, you know, and, and just have a lot of fun. And I feel like you're never truly alone when you have a dog. A dog is, you know, nothing against cats or critters out there. <laughs> but I feel like dogs are just, that's just like the staple of like, man, I'm happy now that my dog just came to me at the door and hopped on me. And it's gonna be annoying sometimes, but who isn't annoying in our life? <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so give me your feedback. Show me some love on that. Facebook, DMs, message me, however you talk to me. Let me know what dog I should get. And also, I don't want a dog that's too hairy. I'm sorry, hairy. I don't want a hairy dog. Like, it can have hair on it, and it can shed and everything, but those dogs that just, you can't see their eyes, and it's just a big furball, I don't like those dogs. I want a dog that's pretty short-haired, pretty easy to, uh, you know, clean the hair off and everything, and I don't want to come to work looking like a just big, feathery, nasty, furry dude, so. Keep that in mind, I'll be looking. I need you guys' help to look for me as well. I'll let you know my next updates. It's gonna be a great week coming up. I'm gonna have plenty more coming. I got a logo on the way. I got so many things coming. Intro song, it's all coming together. I love you all, stay safe, wear a mask, and arrest, please arrest, the officers that killed Breonna Taylor. Stay blessed, stay safe. I love you guys. I'm out.